Hey, Crypt Keepers, I want to tell you about our exciting new affiliation with Parabox. Parabox is a t-shirt subscription box with a twist. Each month, you will receive a new paranormal soft style tee and info card about that month's theme. The shirt and card will contain clues to finding a hidden password for use on their website. You'll also find clues to next month's theme. Correct entries get entered in a raffle for free gear. The shirts are unique. They're pretty dope with designs about all your favorite paranormal stuff like Black Eyed Kids, Bigfoot, Nazca Lines, and a really cool Battle of Los Angeles tee. That's one I'm hoping I will get here sometime soon. The designs are silk screened onto a soft style tee that's super comfortable. From the moment you open your pair box, you'll be so engrossed by the t-shirt, you'll forget there's a puzzle built into it. That's right, each shirt contains a secret password. It can be in the form of codes, ciphers, riddles, numbers, images, or other hidden gems. Have fun exploring the design and putting the pieces together to figure out where to go next. Get your exclusive link in the show notes, and we get a little kickback when you sign up for the box, so you can support the show while getting cool swag with mysteries in the process. This, this is definitely for adults only, and there is a lot of traumatic content. So if you're a snowflake, you definitely don't want to listen to this one. Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to After Hours. Tonight, we discuss the cruel Japanese torture methods of World War II. Uh, we'll just skip. They all know it's you, Ryan. We don't need to tell them what kind of man you are. You tell them what they need to know. Mm. Please like, subscribe, engage, however you can do that with the platform you're listening on. Uh, but most importantly, share the show with somebody who you think might be interested in it. Share it with somebody who's like you, if you're somebody who enjoys it. It's the best way for us to grow Best way for us to get more listeners and best way for us to hopefully get some new ideas of what you guys like and don't like so we can keep improving and hopefully getting a little bit better every week. Although our pronunciation of pretty much everything is going to remain terrible. But if you want to talk to us about that and give us some pointers, you can do so. Email us at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on TikTok. TikTok. We should leave that on. Uh, TikTok at Cryptique underscore podcast. You can find us on YouTube at Cryptique Podcast. You should check out our friends over at Parabox. Check out our friends over at Parabox. They make some great stuff, great t-shirts, great designs. Like genuinely really enjoy their stuff. You can find their link in the show notes. And you can check out what we've got going on at CryptiquePodcastStore.com. And if we're your guilty pleasure and you don't want to share us, I get that. But if you can't or won't do that, please just take a second to give us a, you know, a positive review, a five-star rating, 
that sort of thing. That will help people find us also. Uh, subscribing helps us out a lot. Just a little click for you is a big help for us. So let's make this happen, Crypt Keepers. But right now, we're going to talk a little bit about World War II. And we know there was just, it, it was a dark time in world history. We're going to talk about a Ranker.com article here. So, many nations committed many terrible acts during World War II. However, Japanese transgressions in that period stand out as especially horrific and brutal. Not only did the Japanese use inhuman methods as part of their interrogations, but full units were set up for experimenting on living human beings. Japanese soldiers ate prisoners alive. There have been many well-documented reports of Japanese soldiers dining on their enemies. Supplies were running low throughout the Pacific Theater, so the Japanese began selecting prisoners at work camps to consume. In some cases, soldiers cut flesh from still-living prisoners. While some cannibal soldiers were themselves starving, others had ample provisions and only engaged in cannibalism as a means to terrorize prisoners or strengthen the soldiers' bonds with one another by engaging in this taboo act as a group. What else? Women were assaulted, forcibly impregnated, then dissected alive, which is called vivisection, by the way. Mm-hmm. Soldiers forcibly impregnated female prisoners, whose condition was then used to study pregnant women and fetuses. The Japanese were keen on knowing if syphilis could be transmitted between mother and child, so pregnant prisoners were intentionally infected with the disease. Pregnant women were vivisected, okay, so they do bring that up, and female prisoners were also subject to grisly sexual experimentation. Yeah, this is just awful. Japanese doctors removed, quote, fresh organs from living prisoners. At the infamous Unit 731, where Japanese scientists conducted abhorrent acts on mainly Chinese POWs, it was common practice to remove subjects' organs or to cut off their limbs without the administration of painkillers or anesthetics. One particularly ghastly act was the removal of a prisoner's stomach, after which the esophagus and small intestine would be directly linked. Others had their limbs removed and then reattached elsewhere on their bodies as a pointless, cruel experiment. Some had samples of their brains and livers removed while they were still alive. We'll find out about prisoners being impaled with bamboo after a quick break. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Quick-growing bamboo provided a natural tool to slowly harm and eventually end prisoners' lives. Japanese soldiers tied allied prisoners down over a bed of sharpened bamboo shoots. Bamboo can grow a couple of inches per day, and the persistent plant can penetrate flesh. Over days, the bamboo climbed right through the soldiers, impaling them until they expired. Man, that is gruesome. 
In addition to dehydration and nutrition deprivation, Japanese scientists toyed with the fragility of prisoners' lives by spinning them in centrifuges until their insides could no longer handle it. They were also curious about the amount of pressure that human bodies could withstand, so prisoners were placed into high-pressure chambers while the pressure dial was cranked up. What's next? The Japanese froze prisoners' limbs and stripped them to the bone. To run tests on frostbite's effects, doctors froze prisoners' appendages, then doused the limbs with hot water to observe the painful results. In some cases, the flesh would be stripped away, revealing only bare bone with the prisoner still alive. Doctors would then amputate the limb and move on to the next. The Japanese army used the plague as a biological weapon. Prisoners were intentionally infected with syphilis and gonorrhea, sometimes by means of forced sexual contact. Meanwhile, plague-carrying fleas and diseased items were dropped on various civilian Chinese targets. Historians believe that the deliberate outbreak which afflicted whole towns ended the lives of at least 30,000 people. These citizens were also subjected to approximately a dozen diseases, including cholera and anthrax. Plague-carrying fleas were bred at Unit 731 and elsewhere as part of biological warfare programs. Human prisoners were injected with animal blood. Horse blood was administered to prisoners to determine if wounded Japanese soldiers could be given animal blood as a substitute for human blood. Of course, this did not work and prisoners perished. In another blood-based experiment, prisoners were injected with seawater, but that too proved to abruptly end their lives. Prisoners were subjected to water-based torment. During interrogations, Japanese soldiers would place tubes down a prisoner's throat and turn on the water spigot until water leaked from the victim's nostrils. In addition to inducing a terrifying feeling of drowning, water intoxication can be fatal. What else did they do? Burned people alive. Japanese scientists curious about human resilience to extreme temperatures exposed living prisoners to heat to study the effects of heat and burns on the human body. And these scientists also subjected prisoners to high dosages of x-rays until they passed from radiation poisoning. Prisoners were crucified. According to Iris Chang, an American-born Chinese journalist and historical writer, the Japanese would crucify some of their prisoners, nailing them to trees, electrical posts, or wooden boards. And people were hung, but not in the traditional way. We'll find out after a quick break. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Hanging is a common and well-known form of execution. The method can be used as a form of systematic harm when the drop isn't enough to break the neck. As a result, the person suffers drawn-out asphyxiation. The Japanese, not satisfied with being outdone by anybody, would hang prisoners by their tongues or thumbs and leave them for days or until whatever appendage they've been hung by broke apart. And there's also another story about a man who I can't remember where he was at. I know it was in Japan, but he was uh, 
afflicted with like horrible radiation exposure and had burns, you know, over like 90% of his body. He was dying. And instead of just letting him die, they basically kept him alive with ventilators and adrenaline and stuff like that to just study how this long-term radiation, you know, disease would affect him. And I think he lived for like a hundred days in just pure hell so they could do this study. So every government out there has done a bunch of unmentionable shit, but this is really bad. And this is, you know, we talk a lot about conspiracy theories. And so this is not a conspiracy theory. This has all been admitted to. This is all, these are all facts that we've presented and they're not even being denied by the Japanese. So I don't know the evil that men do, right? You got any final thoughts on these? No, not particularly. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to do with that. Like this horrific cruelty yeah, I don't know what there is to learn from that. Like any anybody with any kind of sense would know don't don't do this. Yeah. Just don't do this stuff. I don't know. I have a buddy who lives in Japan mm-hmm. and I don't know, he talks about there being some things that are kind of screwed up with the country. Oh yeah. Uh he's lived there for I don't know, like nine years, something like that. Has you know, met his wife, she's Japanese, they moved there, they have some kids. He talks about that he loves it in general. Mm-hmm. He said, but there's a lot of stuff that's really screwed up there. They have like basically no mercy when it comes to a lot of things. He was saying that it's super easy for for you to be arrested for really basic things. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that statistically Japan has like a 99% conviction rate because they'll essentially leave you in a like a prison cell that's almost like a dog kennel. Yeah. Like it's too small to like stand up or stretch out or anything. They'll just leave you in there until you confess. Like they'll just force you to confess to whatever it is they arrested you for, whether they whether you did it or not. Like a witch trial. Kind of, yeah. I don't know. And I don't know if that's true or not. I would assume so. I have no idea why he would lie about anything like that. And a ninety nine percent conviction rate does seem awfully suspicious if that's true. So I guess there's like hints of that mercilessness mm-hmm. still over there, but I don't know. It also I mean they're just like it's a really strange culture. Japan, I've always been really interested in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought there are a lot of things to admire about Japan, like the way they the way they do things, the way they work on things. Uh-huh. Like, you know, Toyota in business school, when I got my MBA, that was used as an example of a company that is, like, obsessive about quality yeah. and understands how to get it. You know, the idea of an andon cord, which is a cord that a worker on the line, like, if you're the worker... And you're, you know, you're the one bolting on this part of this car and you see a problem, you pull that cord Mm -hmm. and people rush over and they're like, what's wrong? And you tell them like, oh, it's missing a bolt here or it's the wrong size this or Mm -hmm. that's wrong. And they'll go back through the line and figure out what happened and address it. Or if you say like, hey, I, you know, I need like a pad to put over this thing because it's like hurting me to lean over here or this, you know, if the tool is shaped this way, it would be different. They have like all this super fast prototyping stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But they also work like, what, 12 hour days, something like that. Like their work schedules are ridiculous. They have like really high rates of depression. It's I, I mean, I've read that that's, you know, that they're 
the way they work and the way that they allow work to control their lives and that they're so yeah tied to their employment yeah well and they're they're just social norms require them to do it because i've had people tell me that you know even if you're not working even if you're not actually doing any work you're supposed to just stay at work as long as you can well everybody gets that uh used panty sniffing break at six (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's 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 why they smoke it's to get the used panty smell off their breath. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. It's I've read that that's part of why like the birth rate's going down because people are like, why would I want to bring a child into this? Or I work seven days a week, ten hours a day. I don't have time for a child. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of I don't know. There's a lot of really strange stuff. So I could see them like, okay, we're going to be cruel. We're going to be fucking cruel. Like we're going to have the same commitment yeah. that we do for everything else. But. I don't know. They also seem to be capable of pretty great things at times. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that like the Japanese people are evil as no, a whole. No, no, not at all. But there was there was certainly a subset that were, and it's kind of incredible when you have the sort of dedication and industriousness that the Japanese people do. What you can do when you turn your mind towards that. Well, you have to look at too that. The people use war as an excuse to live out their nasty little dark fantasies. But like you said, you know in your heart that what you're doing is wrong. And I don't give a fuck why you're doing it unless it's revenge on a pedophile or something like that. Tell them what they need to know. Oh, you guys know the drill. Share us with somebody you like. Share us with somebody you don't like. Share us with anybody that you think might be interested like subscribe comment whatever you can do on the particular platform you're using let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear next at crypticpodcast at gmail.com you can look for us online at tiktok if you really want to if you're a zoomer and you have to we're at cryptic underscore podcast we're also on youtube at cryptic podcast and we are starting to hawk some of our own merch at crypticpodcaststore.com sounds good That's all we've got for you tonight. Good evening, Crypt Keepers.